Father, we just adore you. We thank you. We give you praise and glory and honor. You're a king of kings and Lord of lords. And Father, we just pour out our heart to you this morning, God. And we expect to receive back from you everything that you have for us. Lord God, we pray that you would open our spiritual eyes to see you with greater clarity. That you would open our spiritual ears to hear your small, still voice speaking to our hearts. God, that you would open our hearts to receive everything that you have for us this morning. And so we pray all these things with expectation in the almighty and the all-powerful name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, Ariana. Great job. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm going to put this cable over here. That's all right. And at this time, I'd like to release the Warrior Youth Student Ministry. You guys are welcome to go back. Well, it was really nice to be able to worship with you. As most of you know, I've been playing drums back here for a couple of years, and so I don't get to hear you sing. And it was nice to hear you singing this morning. And it was better than a joyful noise. It was good. It was good. So thank you so much for joining us this morning. We're starting a new series. It's called Give Thanks. And I thought it was appropriate for being that Thanksgiving is coming up this week. So we're going to be going to 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 through 15, and also Philippians chapter 4, 4 through 9, one of my favorite passages of Scripture. As most of you know, in a few days we will be celebrating Thanksgiving. And I hope you will take some time to reflect on and thank the Lord for the many blessings in your lives. Man, we have so many things to be thankful for. And I just finished this series, Prayer, Purpose, and Passion. And if you missed any of those, I really encourage you to go back and listen to those online. You can go to lifefellowship.me forward slash sermons and you can find them there. And this series was designed around finding God's purpose for our life, living according to his great plan for our life, which leads to passionate living. Listen, I want us to all live a life of passion. And when we pray, when we seek the Lord, and when we get his will and direction for our life, then we begin to walk in our element, and we can begin to live a life of passion. This process really is is a process of spiritual growth and maturity. And as we seek God for his direction, we continue to grow in him, and then we're able to live according to his purpose and plan. One of the uh, responses to a changed life should be, our desire to give him thanks as we grow because we begin to understand how much we're uh, thankful for, how much God has done in our lives. And this morning I want to talk about some of the examples Jesus gave us to follow. I mean, the Bible is full of examples where Jesus came to bring the kingdom of God to earth, but also to teach us, to give us a written example of how we can live the abundant life he came to give. My first point this morning is probably familiar uh, because I think I've used it in the last series, but pray according to God's will. I can't emphasize that enough, and I think all of us need to continually be praying in accordance to God's will, seeking Him in everything, in, in all decisions. I'm not talking about when you go to Whataburger, you have to get down on your knee and and pray about what to get to eat. You know, I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about seeking God and his direction in the decisions that are before us in our everyday life. You ever have a challenge with your children or your spouse and maybe you just shoot off instead of saying, hey, wait a minute, how do I need to respond? There's something going on here that I need to look at that's much greater 
that's causing this situation sometimes. So we need to be seeking God's will, and we need to be seeking him about all the situations in our life. Pray according to God's will, because that pleases him. And I'm going to talk about that this morning. Uh, When we pray according to his will, it pleases him and it blesses us. We are recipients of God's blessings. So let's go to 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 through 15. And verse 11 says, And this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Life is in his Son. Let's look at verse 12. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have God's Son, Jesus, does not have life. Okay, so in these two scriptures, it's very clear that he's talking about life is found in the Son. Life is found through Christ. As we read the Bible, we see real vibrant Abundant life is tied to receiving and remaining tethered to Christ. Maybe you've been in a situation where you've gone through cycles in your life, where you've been really, you know, connected to God, and then you you fall away or you waver. And so true, abundant, vibrant life is found when we stay tethered to Him, that we continue to grow in that relationship. And and as you know, our, our mission statement in Life Fellowship Here is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And so it's a lifelong process that we're growing in that relationship. We're reducing those those wild swings as we develop our relationship, as we maintain that connection to him, and then as we model that really by serving, as we begin to serve the Lord and we begin to serve in our local church and things like that, that all helps us stay connected to him and reduce those wild swings that we go through sometimes when we lose that connection to God because that's where life is found, in staying connected to him. Verse 13 says, I've written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. Okay, so life is found in Christ. And it's not just uh, living the abundant life, but also eternal life. And I don't know about you, but I I really don't think about eternity very often. I I guess I'm consumed with enough things that are going on in the day-to-day life. The fact is, we're all going to live for eternity. And so hopefully, we'll be living for eternity with God. For those who have accepted Christ, we'll live for eternity with Him. So I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, Jesus, so that you may know that you have eternal life. So in addition to living the abundant life now, we will spend eternity with him. Let me read this one more time. I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. And then verse 14 continues, and we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. We're confident that he hears us whenever we ask for things that please him. It's critical. That's why it's critical that we pray in accordance with his will, because he will give us those things. We should get his pulse. We should continue to yield to his desires. This is a continual process as we continue to grow up and mature. And so that's one of the goals is that we will grow and mature in the Lord, that we will not stay as infants or babies in the Lord, but we will grow and become mature, strong, vibrant Christian followers, Christ followers. Our Heavenly Father wants to give us the things that help us, not hurt us, as a good father would do. A good father wouldn't give their child something that's going to harm them. A good father would not give the keys to a four-year-old and say, here, go ahead and drive it, drive the car. They would 
wreck and maybe kill themselves or hurt themselves or someone else. And so our, our Heavenly Father wants to give us good things, things that are going to bless our lives. Let's look at verse 14 again. And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. Verse 15, and since we know that he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. Why? Because it's his good pleasure to bless us. He wants to bless us with the things that are good and pleasing and perfect. We, we talked about this last week, uh, Romans 12, 2, that God's will for us is good and pleasing and perfect. And so I know that we all want that. Let's look at what Paul writes to his student, Timothy, in 1 Timothy chapter 2. I didn't give you this, but we're going to go there. It'll be on the screen for you. 1 Timothy chapter 2. Verses 1 through 7 says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Okay, let's stop here. I urge you, first of all, let's get first things first. Pray for all people. All right? Then he goes on to say, ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Let's break this down a little bit. So um, Paul is, is telling Timothy, he's teaching him, first of all, pray for all people. Are you praying for others? You know, we've been talking about the, the eight things that we've been praying for throughout this season, and, and one of the things that we pray for is, is for all believers everywhere. Paul is writing to Timothy, and he says, first of all, pray for all people. Then he says, ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf. There are times when I'm praying for someone, and I'll just feel the burden that they have. It's, it's like God will give me a little insight into what they're going through, the pain or, or, or whatever it is that they're dealing with. And so that's really what intercession can be sometimes is where we're, we're kind of in that place and, and we experience the hurt or the pain or the woundedness or whatever that person may be going through so that we can really pray. Have you ever just kind of thrown up a prayer for someone and just kind of tossed it out there? And then have there been times when you really, really are, are praying with passion you really sense that person's heart or, or what they're going through, and, and you begin to pray as if it were you that were going through that. And I, th I think that's what he's talking about. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Giving thanks for them. The local church is so very important because of the relationship building that takes place. That's the value of the local church is, are the relationships that are built and strengthened so that we can help one another. And next week, uh, we've talked about it, we're going to be having our chili cook-off, and so I hope all of you will come. And the, the primary focus of that is relationship building. We talk about life-giving, life-changing, life relationships is one of our mottos here at Life Fellowship. And so whenever there's a fifth Sunday, most of the times we have a, a, a family fellowship time. And although there's going to be jumpers for the kids and lots of fun and good food and chili and Johnny Hinojosa's going down this year. He's not taking first place. They, they printed the, the, the trophy out and I asked Jason, I said, well, is my name on first place? And he's like, no. I was like, where's your faith, man? Come on. <laughs> Maybe that's my faith. <laughs> um, Johnny won last year, and, and, uh, but he's got some stiff competition coming up. But anyway, the, the heart is that we just spend time together as a family, enjoying one another's company, getting to know one another, getting to know what a great cook Johnny is, and some of you are. 
and, and that we build those relationships. And not only for us as adults, but our children are, are playing on the jumpers and they're building their relationships. And so it's about being, being a family. That's the value of the local church is that we can be there for one another, that we can build relationships, we can spend time with one another. And, and talking about prayer, how much more specific and personal does prayer become when we have a relationship with those people whom we're praying for? where we really are connected, where they're able to share their heart with us and we're able to share our heart with them and we're able to pray for their situation or, or what's going on in their lives or rejoice with them. Prayer doesn't always have to be about something bad going on. Somebody got a new job and we can begin to rejoice with them and encourage them. And I'm looking around this room and I think that probably I have prayed for almost every single one of you in this room. There's a couple of you that I, that I don't know that I haven't, but that's the power of prayer, and that's the power of, of relationship building. A lot of times in my quiet time or throughout the day, I'll, I'll see your face in my mind's eye, and I'll begin to pray for you. Or maybe the Lord will place you on my heart. You know, I may, may be working on a sermon or something. Boom. It's like the Lord will say, pray for them, and I'll just stop and pray. That happens when we have relationships with one another. If I didn't know you, how, how would I know to pray for you? I could pray generally. I could pray for all the people, all believers everywhere that are, are saved. But there's something that happens as we build relationships and we're able to pray with and pray for one another. And there are people that, that pray for every one of us, I'm sure. Hopefully, if you're a part of Life Fellowship, there are people in the, in the body here that are praying for you. But also, you may have a praying grandmother or, or mom or, or cousin or, you know, somebody. But there are people that are praying for us personally probably all the time. And we need to be praying for people. We need to be praying for one another. And hopefully, you're, you're praying for Pastor Christine and me. Pray for us. You know, not just... Not just the people here that are part of our family, but pray for us as well. Keep us in prayer. You have a vested interest. <laughs> you know, pray that God will continue to guide us and lead us. I shared earlier this morning how we have some, some changes coming, and I'm excited about it. It's kind of like, okay, God, what are you going to do now? How are you going to work all this out? And I can't wait to see what he does. The worship leaders that he brings. The bands that he brings, all the musicians. Because God has a great purpose and plan for us. And it, it really hinges on our relationship with him, first of all, and then also with one another. We're called to the gospel of reconciliation. Reconciling one another to Christ, others to Christ, but also being reconciled to one another in Christ, if that makes sense. So remember the eight things we've been praying for. We've been praying for ourselves. We've been praying for our family. So I want you to be praying for your family. I want you to be praying for your life fellowship family. Pray for this nation. Pray for Israel. Praying for all believers all around the world. We're praying that life fellowship will grow to 100 families. And specifically, we're praying for the men of our families here, that they'll take their leadership role, that they'll be serious about developing their relationship with the Lord and leading their family. We're praying that... Uh, God will bring us a building that will be our own. So we're praying for a number of things, and we want to continue to pray for those things. And you probably have some things that you want to add to that list. That's fine. Let's be a people of prayer. So let's look at 1 Timothy 2.2. Pray. Well, let me, let me read 2.1 again. I urge you, first of all, okay, first of all, to pray for all people. 
And then he goes on to say, and ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf, and give thanks for them. Verse 2, pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. So we need to be praying for President Obama. We need to be praying for our representatives. We need to be praying for our political leaders. Pray that they get saved. If they're not saved, come on. We need to be praying that they get saved and filled with the power and the fire of the Holy Spirit, that they will be godly leaders. Because it says here, pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. Listen, I want godly leaders. I want people in Washington and in Austin that are godly leaders that are following the principles of God because it impacts me. It impacts all of us. So we need to be praying for them. Come on, join me in praying. If they're not saved, I pray, God, if they're not saved, go get them. Save them, God. Have them come into a real relationship with you so that they can lead this country in a godly fashion, that they'll be saved, that they'll lead us according to God's plan. We have a vested interest that this great nation remain one nation under God. So we need to pray for our, our local leaders. We need to pray for our state leaders and federal government leaders. We need to be praying for the, the churches around us, not only our church, are you praying for the communities? There are lost people all around us, man, that don't have a relationship with the Lord. We have a great, great, great opportunity. Let's not miss this opportunity to lead people to the Lord by the lifestyle that we live, by the things that we say, by the love, by the love that flows out of our life. Pray for those in authority. It goes on to say in verse 3, this is good and pleases God our Savior. And if that's not a reason enough, it pleases God. Verse 4. Well, let me read through again. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. God's desire is that all would come into a personal relationship with him. But not just that, but that we, we would understand the truth. We're teaching the word of God here. We're starting with the children back there. We're teaching you the truths and principles of God so that we can live those things out, so that we can walk in the truth, so that we can stop buying the lies of the enemy or maybe lies that somebody told us that we would never amount to anything or whatever those lies that we buy, we can be recalibrated to the truth of God and walk in the truth and the full understanding of what God has for us. Verse 5, for there is only one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. There's only one way. There's only one man. His name is Jesus. And he has reconciled us. He has paid the ransom so that all of us, all of us can be forgiven of every sin. But not just us, the entire world. For those that will receive the grace and the love and the forgiveness that Christ came to die for. They can all receive it. We can all receive it. There are not multiple saviors. There are not me multiple mediators. There's one. One. And his name is Jesus. Verse 6. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. 
Do you know people that are bound up in all kinds of stuff? Jesus came to set us free, that we would be free. He came to purchase. He paid it all. The ransom, he paid it all so everyone could be free. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. Verse 7, And I have been chosen as a preacher and apostle to teach the Gentiles this message about faith and truth. I'm not exaggerating. I'm just telling the truth. I love Paul. He was like, you know, listen, I'm not blowing smoke here. I'm just telling you the truth because it's God's plan that you come into relationship with him. Paul was passionate about teaching and preaching and sharing the, the things of God so that people would come into the fullness of life. I'm passionate about that. You should be passionate about that. God has placed us here to make a difference, especially as Christians. When we come to that place where we say, God, I make you my Savior, but also I make you the Lord of my life. I'm willing to yield my life to you and allow you to work through my life because your will is good and pleasing and perfect. So when we begin to, to follow him and pray and seek him about every area of our life and then yield our life to him, it's good and pleasing and perfect. And Paul is saying, listen, I'm not exaggerating here. I'm not trying to build this thing up. I'm just telling you the truth because I want you to get this thing. So my first point this morning is pray according to God's will. My second point is pray with expectation. Every Sunday morning, I pray, God, open our spiritual eyes that we will see you with greater clarity. Lord, open our ears that we may hear your small, still voice. God, open our hearts to receive everything that you have for us. God, we pray with expectation. This is not just empty words. We're praying, God. I'm praying that God will do something in our life every time we come here, that he will touch us, that he will change us, that he will shine a light in an area of our heart that's darkened or, or hurting or wounded or whatever that looks like for each and every one of us, that God will do something, change our life. So pray with expectation. And when you're praying, pray with expectation. When you're praying for people. Last week, I talked to an old friend of mine. I haven't seen her in a long time, and she's, she has stage 4 cancer. And she called to kind of just talk with Christine and me and sort of make amends. We didn't really have a conflict, but it just we were really, really close friends. And Something happened. I don't know what happened, but we kind of drifted away, and, and she took the initiative to call. And, and I prayed with her. I said, God, heal her. God, I know that you can heal her. So I'm praying, God, that you will touch her body and that you will heal her of cancer, that you will eradicate cancer from her body because I know you can do it. And I prayed with passion, and I pray with expectation, because I know God can do it, and if he does it or not, that's not up to me, but I'm going to pray for her like I would want to be prayed for. So pray with expectation. 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says, And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. 
I'm not praying for a Rolex watch. I don't care about that. If God were to give me one, great, that'd be fine. You know, I wouldn't know what to do with it. I guess I'd wear it. (laughs) But you know what? I'm more interested in praying what God wants for me. I shared with you, I think last week, one, one day I was sitting at my desk and I had the world map behind me and God said, what do you want? I said, I don't know, God. I wouldn't even know what to ask for. I want what you want me to have. You want to give us the nations? Then give it to us. We'll take it. We'll be faithful in what you called us to do. And then what you do is up to you. But God, I want what you want. Is that your prayer? Are you saying, God, I want what you want for my marriage? God, I want what you want for my children. God, I want what you want for my life. And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. Verse 15, and since we know he hears us when we make our request, we also know that he will give us what we ask for because it's his great desire to bless us and his will is good and pleasing and perfect as we've read in Romans 12 2. Psalms 5, 1 through 3. Oh, hear me. Oh, Lord, hear me as I pray. Pay attention to my groaning. Have you ever been in a place, not necessarily physically, but but emotionally or spiritually, where you are so wounded, you are so hurting that you don't even have words to say? You have hot tears running down your cheeks. I've been there. I'm sure all of us have. Oh, Lord, hear me as I pray. Pay attention to my groaning. I don't even know what to say, God. I'm hurting so badly. But please, God, uh, just hear my prayer. He goes on to say in verse 2, Listen to my cry for help, my King and my God, for I pray to no one but you. My wife can't help me. My mom can't help me. My aunt and uncle can't help me. It's only you, God. This is beyond what my boss can do. It's only you. Listen to my cry for help, my King and my God. I pray to no one but you. Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my request to you and wait What? Expectantly. I'm waiting expectantly, God, because I'm presenting my petitions to you. I've been praying. I've been saying, God, I want my prayers to be in accordance with your will. And I know that when they're in accordance with your will, you will answer those prayers. So, God, I'm praying expectantly. Lord, I pray every Sunday morning that you will move in a powerful way, that you will touch and change lives. God, start with me. Start with my heart. I'm praying with expectation. Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my request to you and wait expectantly. I'm expecting you to do something, God. So my first point is pray according to God's will. Second point is pray with expectation. My third point this morning is thank the Lord for answered prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Always be joyful. Well, you don't know what I'm going through. I'm going through a rough time. It doesn't matter. Always be joyful. And Paul writes, he says, listen, I'm at peace. I have joy when I have an abundance or when I have little. Because it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. My joy and my peace and my my security is not found in the circumstances. It's found in you, God. Always be joyful. Verse 17, never Stop praying. Some versions say pray without ceasing. Be in prayer. Be praying all the time. Never stop praying. 
Verse 18, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Because our peace and our joy and all of that is found in Christ. Do you know that circumstances change? Have you ever been at a job and you just love it, and then six months down the road you're like, God, I hate this place. (laughs) Get me out of here, somebody. And then maybe things turn around and, and you love it again. I mean, circumstances are like a roller coaster ride, but he is a constant. And when we get our eyes off of ourselves and our circumstances and get them onto him, that's when we can really walk in the fullness of life. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. And so God doesn't want us consumed with fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power and love and a sound mind. And you know that word power is dunamis, my favorite power word. It means super powerful, super powerful, supernatural power. Let's go to Philippians 4, 4 through 9, another favorite scripture of mine. Always be full of the joy in the Lord. I will say it again, rejoice. Listen, when, he's, when the word says something once, take note, when it says it's twice, but Paul's saying, always be full of the joy of the Lord. I'll say it again, rejoice. Verse 5, let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. And uh, the NIV says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Let the peace of God be evident. Let the gentleness of Christ flow through your lives in all circumstances. Let everyone see, the the NLT says, let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Verse 6, let me stop here for a moment. Listen, the Lord, we don't know when the Lord's coming back, but we're one day closer to meeting him, regardless of whether he comes, if we're alive or or we die and and go to be with him. Verse 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Are you a people of prayer? Are you praying about everything? Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Let me say this too. There are times when I'm, I'll pray for people and I'll begin to thank God right then. Be praying for a situation or praying with someone. I prayed with somebody a couple of weeks ago in our neighborhood. I said, Lord God, I, I lift up Terry to you. And Father, I just pray that you would bring complete healing to his body. And, and we thank you now. We give you thanks now. And we will give you the praise and the glory and the honor when we see what you've done. But we'll thank you now. I thank you now, God. And you know what? I ran into him a couple of days later. He'd been walking with a walker. He had bypass surgery, like four bypasses or something. And I saw him like a couple of days later, and he didn't have his walker. I'm like, hey, Terry, you look like you're doing better. He said, you know, I think those prayers helped. (laughs) Mm, Wow, that's amazing. So you never know how your impact in praying for people may have an impact on them. So let's pray. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Verse 7. Then, okay, well, let's look at 6 again, all right? Don't worry about anything. Okay, do any of you worry? Come on. We all do sometimes, right? Let's stop worrying. I mean, the word says don't worry about anything. Worry is really tied to trust. Are you trusting God? If we're worrying, I have to say, I'm not sure that we're really trusting God. Are we trusting in our circumstances and what we see 
Are we trusting in God? So don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Verse 7. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And uh, the NIV is where I initially memorized this, and it says, and you will experience the peace of God which passes all understanding. You cannot understand it. You cannot understand the peace. I remember a great example of that is when my dad passed away. And uh, before, before he died, he'd had a stroke, and so he lost his ability to speak. He could sing, which was interesting because that uses a different side of your brain. One day we were talk, or have, you know, trying to communicate and have this conversation, and he was trying to tell me something, and I, and I was trying to figure out what he was trying to say. And I said, well, so are you saying that when you die, because he was like, you know, and I'm like, are you sleepy? You want to take a nap? You know, when you die? Yeah. I said, okay, so when you die, are you saying that you want me to speak at your, at your funeral? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. I said, uh, because I know that there will be a lot of unsaved men there that you work with, and, and so you want me to share the good news, the gospel of Christ? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, okay, I tell you what. When you die, ask Jesus to help me, and if I can, I will. At his funeral, I was able to speak. And it was experiencing the peace of God that passes all understanding, that guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It is not logical or reasonable that I would be able to speak at my dad's funeral. But see, listen, I had that peace, the peace of God that goes beyond what we can comprehend or is even logical or reasonable. And it was good. I mean, it was, it was powerful. I, I think it was really, really powerful because a lot of men that he worked with knew that he was a Christian. A lot of them were unsaved. And so who knows what seeds were planted there? Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus, verse 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. This is his first closing here. Fix your thoughts on what is true. Are you thinking about the things that are true? Are you thinking about the truth of the word of God? Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. What's going on in your mind? Are you thinking about the things that, that your neighbor said or done? Are you thinking about, you know, holding a grudge about this or that or the other? Or are you thinking about things that are excellent and praiseworthy, worthy of praise? Are you thinking about the Lord? Listen, if, if you're struggling with that, go get some praise and worship music and put on. You know, come on. Let's fill our mind with the things of God. Romans 12, 2, be transformed by the renewing of our mind, coming into alignment with God's word. So let's be thinking about the things of God. Let's don't be nursing and cursing and rehearsing and all this junk. I, I mean, what does that do? It just keeps you all bound up and all stirred up. So let's be thinking about the things that are true the word of God, that are honorable, that are right, that are pure, lovely, admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Verse 9, keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me. Everything you have heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. So Paul's saying, listen, I'm living it. Just follow my example, okay? But these are the things that you need to fill your mind with. 
So let me ask you some questions here. I don't want you to answer. I just want you to ponder these. Are you praying according to God's will? Or are you praying according to your own will? Are you praying according to God's will? Are you praying with expectation? Are you thanking God for his answers to your prayers? And sometimes we probably ought to thank him for the, the prayers that he didn't answer. <laughs> Remember going to your, or maybe you haven't been there, but to your uh, high school 10-year reunion? When you're in high school, oh, I'm so in love with them. I want to marry them. And you see them at the 10-year reunion, you're like, oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Pray according to God's will. Pray with expectation. Thank the Lord for answered prayer. We often get ourselves into a jam that we cannot get out of. And I love the song that we sing sometimes. It's called Fire Fall Down. He came to fix my broken life. I've seen people cry out to God for help only to be delivered from a terrible situation just to get right back in it. Simply to return to the same terrible place that they were before. And sometimes even worse. Sometimes it's even worse. And so that's why it's so important that we continue to stay connected to the Lord, that we continue to seek him. Listen, he's pulled us out of the muck and the mire once. We don't need to go back to that. Let's stay connected to him. Jesus came to save humanity, all of us. God desires that everyone, say everyone. everyone. God desires that everyone will be saved. However, it's a choice we make to receive his forgiveness or reject it. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're here this morning and God is tugging on your heart, you know it. Listen, if, if God is, is, maybe you had a relationship with him at one point in time, but you walked away. If that's you today, would you slip up your hand? I want to pray with you. There's no shame in that at all. There's no shame in that. Anybody here today? Thank you for that. Anybody else? I want you to pray this prayer. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today. I give my life to you. I receive your forgiveness for all of my sins. This is a new day. This is a fresh start for me. And I thank you for what you're going to do. I thank you for washing all that old stuff away. And today is a new day. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name. I want to pray one more prayer for you. Lord God, I pray that you would fill this young lady with the power and the fire of your Holy Spirit, God. Lord, that she would experience you in a, a fresh new way. God, that you would pour into her that she would hear your small, still voice speaking to her heart. God, that you would help her to release all that stuff, whatever, guilt, shame, whatever's kept her bound up. Father, I pray that you would release her from that. And Lord Jesus, I pray that you would fill her to overflowing with such great love and passion that she would know that this is a new day for her because She's physically experiencing something different in her body because you are filling her up with the love of God. And Father, I pray that you just continue to work in her life and help her. Help her, Lord God.
In Jesus' name, pray. Thank you for that honesty. You know, the word says that God's mercies are new every morning. And, and Jesus said that he comes to give living water. That anyone who is thirsty can come and drink. That God's love and his well of living water never runs dry. And so this morning, I want you to take some time. And I want you to say, uh, just ask the Lord. Is there anything in my life, God, that you want to do? Is there anything you want to say to me this morning on the back end of this message? Is there something else that, that you want to tell me, Lord? So let's just take a couple of minutes, and let's just open ourselves up to receive everything that the Lord has for us this morning. Will you do that? Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you that we can just come into your presence wherever we are, whatever we're doing, we can stop and come into your presence. Father, we thank you for what you've done in our life this morning. And Lord, as we go through this week and we sit down to have a wonderful meal together and reflect on all the things that we have to be thankful, first and foremost, we give you thanks. We thank you, Lord. And Father, I pray that we would be praying for those who are less fortunate than ourselves, that we would be cognizant of those opportunities to share the love of Christ and reach out to those who need to feel your love, that we can be the hands and feet of Jesus. So, Father, as we go from this place this morning, we pray that you will continue to work in our lives, that you will continue to fill us to overflowing with your great love, and that you will use us on a practical daily basis to share the hope and the love of Christ with those whom you bring across our path. So we pray all these things with expectation. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us this morning. You're dismissed. Go out and live it. Happy Thanksgiving, and we will see you Sunday. Live it. Live it.